So for those of you who haven't been with us for the last uh, several months, we've been, as a, as a church family, going through the book of Matthew, and, uh, and we're, we're up to Matthew chapter 19, so if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, we're in Matthew 19 now. Uh, we've been going through uh, with, the, with the sermon series and in our tribe groups, our small groups, we've been focusing on the same thing, and so uh, there are some things that if you've been listening to this, there's some overarching themes that, that um, keep coming up, and so there's lessons that are that keep being repeated in terms of uh, what Jesus was trying to get, uh, and, and Matthew, was, as he writes, was trying to get people to understand these, uh, these things that we so easily overlook and we so easily forget. So that repetition, um, it means it's important. And, uh, and so we're, in this morning's passage, we're, there's some things that are going to immediately draw to mind, passages that we've already covered. And there's going to be some themes that we talk about that we've that we've brought up over and over again because that's um, that's the cyclical nature of um, of the writing and of the message. So one of the big themes that we talk about often in Matthew is this idea that Jesus is ushering in a new kingdom, and that this new kingdom is going to be different than any kingdom that that the world has set up, and that there's this juxtaposition between the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this world, and there's a difference between and there's a juxtaposition between what uh, the values of those two kingdoms are and um and as jesus tries to tries to give this message over and over again the the disciples and other people are they're always getting it wrong and, and we always get it wrong and you know i'm not pointing the finger because it's uh, it's all about us too so um so this morning we're in chapter 19 and we're um the, the section we're in is uh 13 through 30 and i'm going to go ahead and read that now usually we would have this on the screen behind me but there's no screen behind me so uh Good luck. Matthew 19, starting at verse 13. Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Back in verse 23. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve tribes, 
judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or a father or a mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will enter eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. So you heard a few references there to the kingdom of heaven. The first one is uh, uh, verse 14. Jesus says, let the little children come for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Now we we heard a few weeks ago, you remember in in chapter 18, verses two to the six, a very similar thing happened. Uh, The disciples said, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who's the greatest? And Jesus took a child and put him in the midst of them. Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So there's a few few words there I think that are really key that that I think that we'd like to just bring to your attention before we keep going. In, uh, In chapter 19, verse 14, he says that to the children belongs the kingdom of heaven. Belongs is, is ownership. In, uh, in chapter 18, what I just read, he said, whoever humbles himself like a child will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's a position of privilege. It comes through humi- humility. In today's passage, the rich person only enters the the kingdom of heaven with difficulty only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven so children to children it belongs to those who humble themselves is privilege the rich person has difficulty even entering but then there's the promise that whoever leaves lands and parents and children for the lord's sake for jesus sake will inherit the kingdom of heaven and inherit, I think, is an interesting word because that, again, is an ownership. But inherit is not something that you earned. Inherit is something that you just get. It's a gift. Uh, and again, it's to children, right? Who inherits? Children. That idea of humbling yourself like a little child to be able to enter the kingdom of heaven, to be able to be rewarded in heaven, Matthew very, very deliberately then puts this next section where this rich young man comes and asks uh, and asks Jesus this question. And he says, teacher, what good deed must I have, must I do to have eternal life? Last week, the, when Daniel preached, he was talking about people coming to Jesus with the wrong question. And I think this is this is the this young man is coming and he's asking the wrong question because and you can tell because of the way Jesus answered. He said, Why are you asking me what is good? There is only one who is good. Alright, so this young man is asking about about what is good, and Jesus is saying, Why are you saying what? It's about who. It's you're asking the wrong question. Because here's this young man asking about good deeds when the author of goodness, the perfection of goodness, is physically standing in front of him. And, and this young man is, instead of 
instead of being focused on the person of Christ, the goodness that is literally in front of him, he's making the question about himself. What, what good deed can I do to make myself worthy of heaven? And Jesus says, you're asking the wrong question. But he, but he enters into this relationship and he said, if you would enter life, keep the commandments. Now, that's a hard, that's a hard thing, right? There's a, there's a whole lot of the Old Testament that's commandments. And so, uh, and I think when Jesus says, keep the commandments, I think that would imply all of them. And the young man says, which ones? And I think the implication there is he knows he can't do it all. He knows he can't follow all of the commandments. That's an admission that it's too much. So Jesus gives him some examples, runs them through some of the commandments. Some of them are from the uh, from the Ten Commandments, and there's um, there's one of them at the end is the greatest one of the greatest commandments: uh, shall not murder, shall not commit adultery, shall not steal, not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man says, I think uh, I would think boldly says, all of these I have kept. Um. It makes me wonder if he was at the Sermon on the Mount. Because in chapter 5, Jesus is teaching about some of these Old Testament commandments. And he says, he, if you remember with us, um, he says, if, if, you, uh, if you look lustfully at a woman, that's the same as adultery. And if you're angry with your brother, that's the same as murder. And, and he's, he's making the commandments not a checkbox, but like a deeper heart level commitment. So I wonder if, the, if this young man was there when Jesus explained that this is not just a, the it's not just the letter of the law. There's a spirit of the law in, in play here. Uh, but the young man, whether or not he heard that message from Jesus, whether or not he was there when the Sermon on the Mount was given, uh, he says, "All these I have kept." But he still knows he's not perfect. And he says, "What else? What else do I lack?" He still feels in his heart this sense of the sense of longing for something more. He doesn't know what it is. He, he thinks it's in, in about works. He thinks it's about, about something that he can do instead of realizing it's about relationship. And Jesus knows his heart. And so he says, if you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. So the word perfect is literally just means perfect. If you want to be perfect, you have to sell all your possessions. It can it can also mean fully mature, complete. If you want to be completely, if you want to be complete, you have to sell your possessions. And and it says the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful. He had great possessions. So Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be complete, we don't know if we don't know if the young man felt like he was this close or if he felt like he was a mile away. But we know he went away sad because he couldn't close that gap. And none of us can close that gap. We're all we're all with this young man. And Jesus, Jesus sees this example. He sees the young man walking away sad and he takes the opportunity to make this general statement to his disciples. He says, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, 
been reading a little bit about statistics lately, and one of the things I read in, in uh, was this book that, anyway, I won't talk about the book, but I read this, I read this statistic that most people, if you pull them, will say that they're middle income. And, and I would imagine that that would hold true to this, this crowd here, that we would, most of us say we're middle income or middle class. Um, but I think it's important for us to remember right now that by global historical standards, we are filthy rich like global historical standards. So like I'm, I'm willing to bet that none of us have had to like carry water to our homes every day, drinking water home in a bucket, right? Um, none of us have had to do that. And that already makes us rich. Um, you know, I've carried water in a bucket when I was, you know, camping, right? Camping is something I've heard a comedian say, camping is something that rich people do when they're, they, and you know this because they're pretending they're poor for vacation. This is, <clears throat> and, I, and I, I didn't even think about the irony when I, when, I, when I planned to say that. I didn't think about the irony that we're here excited to meet outdoors for church when there's generations of Christians who would have loved to have had a building. So we're, we're, the, we're the filthy rich. This is us. So that, if, that makes it personal. Only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Back in chapter 6 of Matthew, Jesus taught us this. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He goes on to say, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. The eye is the lamp of the body. What we focus on affects our heart. And if we're focused on riches, if we're focused on things that we have, that affects where our affections lie. It affects where our heart is aimed. And just like this young man who came and said, asked about what, instead of asking about who. See, we, we too easily focused on what is good. We focus on created things. We focus on the beautiful day and the beautiful property and we focus on our relationships that, um, that we can hold too dearly instead of, like Daniel said, uh, lifting them up and being stewards of them. But we focus on social status and we focus on titles and degrees and, and there's all sorts of things, things that we can focus on that aren't necessarily bad things, but they're, we're focused on what is good instead of focusing on the one who is good. And just like Peter, it's too easy for us to, to ask the follow-up question. Peter says, see, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Still, still focused on the what. It's still the wrong question because Peter should be focused on the who. 
is our reward for holding loosely to the good things that we try to focus on, our, our reward for letting go of our attachments to created things and constructed things and, and relationships and social status, our, our reward for letting those go isn't things. Our reward is the person of Christ. So Jesus has a reassuring blessing for those who follow him. He says, whoever leaves houses or brothers or sister or father or mother, mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Now, when I was a kid, I read that as if it was a contract instead of a, a, a verbal contract, instead of a, a principle. This is, this is a principle that Jesus is applying. So it's not like we can say, well, I, I put my $10 in the plate. So when do I get my thousand? That's not how that works. Uh, the idea is that that Jesus is presenting this, this rich new kingdom life as so much more important than the life that we cling to in the world. A relationship and reliance on Jesus is more of a comfort and security than home, than family, than riches or land. That if we, if we focus on the person of Christ, then together with the body of Christ, with the family of our church, we can receive more comfort and security through his person than we would than we would have if we clinged tightly to those things that we think are going to bring us comfort and security. So the question and the challenge is, how are you trying to work your way into the kingdom? How are you trying to hold on to things? How are you trying to hold on to relationships to give yourself comfort, to, to bring yourself security? And the gospel answer to that question is, you can't earn your way into heaven, so you aren't expected to. There's a freedom in that. There's a freedom in the fact that, that Jesus knows you're never going to be able to earn it, and he doesn't expect you to earn it. And the second question is, what aren't you willing to let go of? What aren't you willing to, to, to cling to, to to keep clinging to, knowing that the gospel says the person of Christ is a greater treasure. He loves you like a child, and all he asks from you is childlike faith. That no matter what you leave behind in the world, the reward of a relationship with Christ in the kingdom of God is so much more satisfying. Amen? I want to invite the, the band to come back up and we're going to sing a few more songs. I think it's, uh, I just want to, I just want to invite you. If, if this is a, if this is a new idea for you uh, of, of letting go of things of this world to follow Christ. And you want to talk more about that. If you want to, if you want to start the journey today to enter into relationship with Christ and start to make that your priority, I'd love to pray with you and I'll stand over here while we sing. And if you want to come and pray, I'm sure Daniel would be happy to. Uh, as well, and there's others, tribe leaders, and, and people that you can talk to. Don't leave from here if, uh, without without talking to someone about starting this journey, um, starting to live into the kingdom of God. Uh, if that's something that that you would like to do, we would love to to start that journey with you. So, um, thank you.